everybody. When you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. This is Jamie Uresky with another exciting, and I mean exciting, episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. It's been about a month since we last visited with our co-host Craig Kishan of Milwaukee sports broadcasting fame with the Brewers and the Bucks. He's gearing up for the Milwaukee Bucks, the start of the NBA season, coming on soon in the week of Christmas. Uh, they're going to pick it up right after the last season stopped, and this time from the stadiums where they uh, reside. So uh, we're going to have Craig on the show in a little bit, and that'll be exciting. We'll talk about some of his off-season activities with the uh, Bucks. We'll talk about uh, some of his beliefs on the upcoming baseball season, the status of the Milwaukee Brewers, the status of MLB, some of the non-tender guys, the lack of fanfare from the winter meetings, and uh, some of the other things. Another thing I want to talk to him about, I thought about the other day, was uh, if you weren't paid to go to these games like Craig is, uh, I'm not, who would you pay to go see in a major league sporting event? And I got that because I've had the good fortune, like everybody else in Kansas City, to uh, follow the Kansas City Chiefs. And yeah, the Chiefs have been you know, good. They've won the division, I think, five years in a row and eight out of the last 10. I don't have the stats in front of me, I'm just guessing. But now you have the benefit of watching, to me, the most exciting player in the NFL since Gail Sayers, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So that's been fun. So I'm going to ask Craig, you know, is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it uh, the Greek freak with the Bucks? Is it Christian Yelich? Uh, who is it? And uh, we'll see what he has to say. And uh, we'll see how he's doing with the uh, uh, upcoming baseball season, spring training, pitchers and catchers report in two months. So that'll be exciting. So we're going to take a short break and hear some good music. And when we come back... We are going to visit with none other than my co-host, Craig Kishan. So stay tuned on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, or my Facebook page. And, uh, you know, we're still alive. We're still healthy. We just took a little break. And uh, we'll probably do one or two a month until Pitchers and Catchers report on the lighter side of baseball. And hope we can find some lighter side of baseball since the uh, playoffs. Playoffs were exciting, but come on, it's a money grab. Anyway, we're not going to go into that right quite yet. So, for Jamie Rutsky and soon-to-be Craig Kishan, they're listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Lucky to have Craig Kishan. I go through his resume again, but you've all heard it. You all ask for him. You've got him. Craig, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you just okay. fine. And, uh, and and no one's asking for me. I, I know that for a fact. So well, no it's, one's it's asking, always good to be back. No one's asking for me. I think it's it's been about a three-week hiatus. And usually, usually one of my thousand listeners would send me an email. and say, Didn't happen, though, huh? <laughs> no, it had happened. In fact... <laughs> I think they're happy about that. How are you doing? I'm doing well, hanging in there. We had uh, we had a good Thanksgiving, and um, knock on wood, everyone's still healthy. We're getting ready for uh, 
the boys to come home from college for a long Christmas break, as it's going to turn out to be. And um, we're looking forward to it. We got we got 10 inches of snow the other day in uh, Madison. And um, I'm here in Milwaukee, and there's not a trace of snow on the ground. So there's your cutoff line. Yeah, I talked to somebody up in Land Lakes, and they didn't have any uh, snow up there either. Yeah. It was a crazy, uh, crazy swath that uh, uh, blasted our, our area over in Madison. So, uh, so I think we're going to have a white Christmas there, but maybe not anywhere else in the state. Well, how's your cross-country skiing skills coming? I know that as soon as that blanket of snow is out there, you were, oh, uh, boy. You were getting boy. the skis ready, right? My, my, my sense of balance, as you know, is really good. So I'll be, I'll be, on, those, <laughs> I'll be on those skis. Wax those babies <laughs> up. Well, other than that. You're, you know, I thought, well, the NBA season won't start probably till January, February. Craig's been <clears throat> kind enough to join us today as, as our co-host. And uh, he is um, telling me they're about ready to start the season. You're going to start, uh, start broadcasting again. Yeah, we're back on, um, well, the week of Christmas. So uh, December 22nd game start. The Bucks start up on December 23rd. They play uh, Christmas Day. Um, they're home for the first time uh, right after Christmas. And um, so we're, we're going to be back on the air broadcasting. They have a lot of national TV games, so that takes a few of our dates out of the mix. But um, that's okay. They uh, – they signed uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a, a fan favorite of yours, to a uh, – Yeah, what do they call him? I yeah. can't call him. What do they call him, Yanni? They, they, they do, but that you, I think you can only call him Yanni if you're, if you're speaking to him directly. Um, and it's a, it's a Greek thing. I'm not sure what it is. I've never called him Yanni, but a few people do if they're talking to him directly. Cause I, it, there's, it's something of a, of a, of a Greek, um, um, language personalizing. I, I'm not sure what it is, but well, it's a good question. Everyone yells Giannis. So that's weird. You'd think they yeah. wouldn't, but the reason that I ask because our sponsor in waiting, uh, Papa Kino's, is also Mr. Euro, and Mr. Euro obviously has these Greek restaurants, and he hails from Greece, as do many of my buddies. And so, you know, one guy is always asking me to get the Greek freak uh, autograph, and I'm going, no problem, I'll get uh, I'll get that the next NBA game I go to. So, <laughs> and what would that? What's the date on that? I, do they play at the Bradley Center? No, they demolished that. <laughs> Craig's already left the show. He, we had him for five minutes, and he's gone. But now, no, I'm back. You see, this is a preview of our next year's capabilities to live stream. So I can see Craig. He can see me. Uh, not that that's a benefit to either one of us. But um, so the NBA is starting. What about spring training? What are you hearing about uh, spring training? Uh, the broadcast rights for the Milwaukee Brewers. Your employment. We're all, we're all interested in not only my Greek buddy who opened up Papakinos to a huge crowds. I mean, huge crowds. I couldn't even get in the door to do a podcast. But no back, way. Back I think more people would be interested in your food than, than um, talking about my uh, – honestly, spring training so far away, the only thing I know about it is the schedule is um, 
the schedule's all the same. I mean, everything's on. And I, I would like to think that between now and spring training, which is probably about two months away, right? Middle of February, something like that, that we'd be that much further along with, um, with a better healthy country, but we'll see. Well, you and I, I went back and <clears throat> into the archives of on the lighter side of baseball. And you and I were predicting that by February, there'd be a vaccine that would be generally available uh, to everybody in the major leagues. And I'm sure Mr. Manfred is making sure behind the scenes that even though the essential workers are the ones that should be getting it, the uh, MLB guys will be right up there in the front line. Well, I would imagine that all the, all the uh, uh, pro sports um, leagues <clears throat> want to be as close up to the line as they can. But, you know, I'm not – I really have no idea other than you, you just got to wonder, just based on the date that we're doing this, the vaccine just uh, was distributed this week and, and health care essential people uh, and, um, and then they're starting to take it now, right? And then – and then I think they're going into senior center homes uh, to, to vaccinate. I mean, this is, this is like an undertaking. I mean, I, I've heard like for, for people like you and me who are healthy, yet we're still, we're not considered young, that we, we may not see the vaccine until um, closer to Memorial Day. I mean, think about that. Now, I rarely correct you. I rarely do, but I have to on this occasion state that I am right up there behind nursing home people. I'm old, I'm fat, and that is not my, true. I had my physical today, and I was betting on underlying circumstances like morbid blood pressure, and I'll be darned if my BP didn't come in pretty low. My pulse is down about twenty pounds and uh, or twenty beats a minute. And, uh, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in good shape, which could put me back a bit on the vaccine, but I'm ready. I figure I'll do both Pfizer, Moderno, and Johnson & Johnson if given the opportunity. You can't get enough, and uh, that way maybe I can go see uh, my tickets at Wrigley Field that I have yet to see, but I'm excited. Um, the winter well, meeting, baseball could be the first, the first sport to actually have – open up a season with, with people in the stands. I, I, I would really be surprised if that didn't happen. What, 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 what do you think? I mean, we're talking about April 1st here. Yeah, April Fool's Day. I think that the uh, fans will be limited still for some reason. And I like the Chiefs get 25% of their capacity and 100% of their uh, skyboxes. Now, I don't know why the Packers don't. I guess it's up to the governor. But yeah. I think that the Cubs and MLB will do something like that. And then I don't know how you figure out when I can go uh, or when anybody can go. And are you just skipping around as I'm prone to do because I don't want you to follow where we're going ever. Are you going to be <laughs> doing the – games from the stadium for basketball um yes so we're doing so there's uh, everything is set up in the home stadium uh and we're we're all isolated in the stadium we we can't be any closer than row seven 
to the playing court. Um, I, for example, will be at my uh, desk where I host our pre and post game shows by myself. My co-host will be several feet away uh, in a spot set up just for him. So we'll each have our own cameras. The play-by-play and, and analyst uh, are also distance and um, and so far through the preseason, they have they have made everybody in the building wear a mask, whether you're broadcasting or not, uh, which is different than it was um, a few months ago when we were broadcasting in an empty arena. So I think they're they're doing everything they can to protect the players. And then when the team goes on the road, um, there won't be any travel. We'll we'll still be calling game road games off a monitor. I would go into the studio uh, for road games. Um, I, I would imagine, Jamie, that baseball is going to be the same way, that you know you broadcast when the team is home from site, but you stay there when the team leaves and, and broadcast off the TV monitor. Have you uh, heard whether the Brewers pregame, postgame crew has changed at all? or No. Have no. you heard anything? No. No. Everything – I mean, right now it's just get honestly for us. It's getting basketball back on. Yeah, for us. So they're, uh, you know, they're the the thing about it is, and I'm sure you've seen it. Um, you know, for college football and college basketball right now, it's it's certainly not uncommon the day before the day of to say, guess what? We can't play. We have too many guys that have tested. I know. Uh, or, or you say, I guess what? I'm not going to play that game. It's Monday. We're scheduled to play a game Wednesday. We're not coming because, you know, we have somebody uh, that has tested positive. And then the team that's left holding the, the basketball at their own home court says, all right, well, we're going to go call Rhode Island and see if they can come in. And sure as heck, in a matter of two hours, yep, we'll be there. I mean, it, we've seen it at Wisconsin for Batcher games already and stuff. And, uh, and um, you know, I, we'll see what happens when the NBA gets, gets back up and going. But college football right now is, you know, to crown a champion at this point is um, – I, I just don't see the purpose of it right now when, when all the power teams haven't played enough, uh, aren't healthy enough. Um, the bowl game situation is – you know, one by one, they're they're canceling, or teams are saying, schools are saying, I, we're not going to a bowl game. We're not going to travel there money, and spend money, a week. Money. It's yeah. all about money, man, and it's all about the commissioners getting paid. They don't give a rat's butt about the quarterback for the Badgers. All they care about is getting their $10 million a year, putting anything on TV so the Big Ten Network gets some money, and then having a bowl game so that Phillips 66 or whoever's sponsoring the, the Big 12 gets paid. It's the same thing as baseball did. Yeah, it provided – boy, did I get on my high horse quick. Didn't I segue right into that? They provided but – it, But it's, it's sitting right out there, though, for the – the problem is they've – you know, whether you like it or not, whether there can be something else done about it or not, it's, it's there to be scrutinized. I mean, well, all of this is. And – and unfortunately, it's it's making what we all do scrutinized even more, you know. So all you got to do is look at Charles Barkley. People paid money to watch that fool play golf with Mickelson, and then if that wasn't stupid enough, uh, 
Mike Tyson laced up the gloves to go eight rounds with whoever the hell that was. I mean, yeah. and people, people just are, I don't know if there was, you know, betting. There's, there's some weird betting with these, like in one of the golf tournaments, I think we talked about before, there was a, there was a prop bet for which player teeing off on the par three was going to get closer to the pin. And you could get your phone, hit your bet, $50, it's Justin whoever. I mean, it's insane. It's going to all well, be gambling. What well, it, you know, um, uh, I don't know how aware of this you are, but our, our uh, regional networks um, at this point look like they're uh, going to be sponsored by Bally's. Wow. And, and so we will have... Uh, from what I understand, we will have Bally's in our name. So uh, away goes Fox Sports Regional, whoever you are. And it will now, they haven't uh, disclosed what how they're going to phrase this yet, but Bally's has purchased naming rights for the next 10 years. For the and network. For, for our network. And it's not just Fox Sports Wisconsin, it's all the Fox regions that um, that were purchased by Sinclair. And that's that's the uh agreement that's out there right now and so I, I would imagine come baseball um that will start to be in place and and obviously the reason for it's exactly what you're talking about it's instantly being able to to bet from your remote it's going to be that easy however it's only going to be i mean if your state doesn't allow gambling like the state of Wisconsin right now doesn't. I, I'm not sure how that's going to, you know, play out, but um, I, I don't think they can stop them from having a, a, a Bally's sponsorship name for your sports network, but so we'll that'll, see. That'll be the Royals too, instead of uh, yes. Fox Sports Midwest, it'll be Bally Sports Kansas City, yep. Bally Sports, whatever. Yep. And yeah, I mean, when does a when does a Miller Park become American Family Field? January first. Blasphemy. Yes. Blasphemy. Yes, you're gonna have to. Um, I'll I'll have to take some video of the the sign change. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> Go get a cold glass of American Family Brew. Just in the same. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. No. But you know, it's it's. I don't know. We we've discussed this a little bit, but it's. You know, around here, it's uh, it's starting to pop up. You know, with fans again because it's been it's been announced. You know, when the name change is going to take place um, and stuff, and a lot of people are a lot of people up here just have not uh, agreed at all to this name change, and they're blaming Miller. And I'm, I'm not here to defend anybody, but the the bad part about it is Miller Miller doesn't have the title of Miller in their own corporate name anymore. So, you know, what, what's the point of going out and spending another $40 million for naming rights on a park? They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're Miller's gone. As far as the name goes, it's, it's, um, it's Coors, it's Molson Coors. That's the name of their company now. So yeah. Miller's not even the name of their company. So, well, if it was using using her sausage stadium, that would be much. Usinger, Usinger, Usinger. God love you. So, the Marquee Sports Network, which sucks. 
Oh, now, don't say that. I don't want you to comment because you may be employed there sometime, but their production compared to WGN is criminal. And they just lost the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Cubs to the south side, Len Casper. Was that a shocker in Chicago or what? It was a shock to me. Now, I don't know what JD's going to do or whatever his initials are. Um, Cause I don't know if they're a, if they're a package or if he just hits the road, Jim Deshays. No, I think he's staying. They had a parade of boring guys. I mean, guys that are fun. Rick Sutcliffe's great at a golf tournament. I played golf with, uh, with Mark Grace. He's great, but Grace got himself in trouble talking about uh, his ex-wife and he got thrown off the, I'm telling you what, their camera angles are bad, their production's bad, but I'm sure now with a year to practice, I'll be back. I, I don't want to badmouth any potential uh, employer, but, um, you know, and Lynn, God love him, he's probably ready to go. I, I can't believe he's going to do radio, although, again, with my scathing, and I'm not going to be scathing because... The, the White Sox former radio announcer is no longer with us, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bemoan the deceased radio world. But Len's gonna have to pick up his game on the radio to, uh, and I, I know he will. I mean, he's good and he's professional, so he'll do. Yeah, he, he's a pro. We we, <clears throat> I mean, he worked uh, he worked up here. Who didn't? Um, Who didn't? Yeah, I know. Everybody it. works in Milwaukee. Well, everybody moves on to bigger things, and I'm still here. So. You are the biggest thing going, yeah, buddy. Right, yeah, I just, uh, I just like to say hello to the people, usher them in, and then, <laughs> and then throw a goodbye party for them so they can go on to bigger and better things. But oh. Len's a good guy, and um, and I, I haven't spoken to him since uh, he did this or whatever. But, um, you know, it, it's my understanding that he, uh, he wants to call a World Series. And uh, as we've discussed uh to, to nauseism, what your TV crew can't do it once the regular season ends, but radio can. Yeah. And so, you know, now he's put himself in a, in a spot to do that uh, with the White Sox. We'll, we'll just see if they're going to be good enough uh, under your guy, Tony La Russa, to do that. But uh, I'm happy for him. You know what? We don't get to – the people in my industry a lot of times don't get to make calls like that, it, right. and especially to go – uh, to go right down the street like that, to go from the north side to the south side, that's that's pretty remarkable stuff. But it it ultimately um, shows the respect I think that that both clubs have for him. That the that the Cubs said, you know, if that's where you want to go, then then you can go. And the White Sox wanted him too. So hopefully it all work out. Well, it's the reverse move of Harry Carey. Harry, you know, after he left Oakland, he went to the White Sox, and then from the White Sox, he went over to the uh, north side. Yeah, and then Steve Stone went from the north side to the south side to do the color on TV, and of course, who could forget Ron Saving So Santo going over to the White Sox after uh, his career with the Cubs to play for a year? And uh, sounds to me like the uh, city of Chicago needs better um, headhunters um, yeah. and maybe recruit outside of the uh, city limits. Well, you know, I'm laughing about. <laughs> about Reinsdorf, who, you know, one of the faults that Jerry's always had is his loyalty. You know, loyal to a fault to Ozzie Guillen, loyal to a fault to Kenny Williams, loyal to a fault to, and I'm not knocking any of these guys, 
Um, and the same thing with uh, Robin Ventura. And now Renteria does a great job, has, a, has all his team get hurt, go south for the playoffs, and he gets his ass thrown out of town after he gets named as the second-place finisher and the manager of the year award. And in comes the worst ambassador in the history of ambassadors for the modern game of baseball, and uh, that's T-Bone. And I said uh, last week, when you're in a restaurant and you get a T-Bone steak order, like our good friend Nelly would do when he wasn't chowing down on oysters and and uh, other <laughs> fruit, fruit stuff, when you get a bad T-Bone that's overcooked, grizzled, and tough, you give it back to the chef and he throws it away. Now, that's what should have happened to the Hall of Fame career at T-Bone LaRusa, but, you know, Jerry, it's Jerry's club. I like your analogy there. That was good. <laughs> Anywho, can you can you remember a more lackluster winter meetings or trade sessions or non-tendering? It's like the public forgot baseball uh, during that 60-game debacle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I was thinking about that the other day uh, when you and I were uh, set a date to, to talk, you know, a little baseball. Um, there's not a lot to talk about right now, which is pretty <laughs> ironic because that some of the... That wraps it up, folks. Well, <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, in all seriousness, think of, think of um, well, I, I don't know about the Cubs and White Sox and Royals, and you know more than I would, but man alive here in the last 10 years uh there are there have been a lot of deals made the the week of christmas i i know we're we're getting closer to it for for the brewers that were uh changed the the face of their club changed the direction they were going um and you know you don't even get a hint of that right now not only with them but with so many other clubs around baseball right now there's that that portion of uncertainty because of that 60 game season that you're, you're mentioning is, uh, you know, is financially, you know, putting a lot of teams uh, on the back burner, how they're doing business right now. And a lot of guys aren't going to score big contracts like, like they probably should, but it's been a, it's been a year to throw away. That's for sure. It's hard. It's hard to gauge what you've earned on whatever performance you had or didn't have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, so far, the, the, the lower echelon guys are getting pretty fair contracts. And the phenomenon that I don't understand is even when there's a regime change, I'm not talking federal government, I'm talking baseball, when yes. there's a, they still go back to guys that were in that organization more often than not. The, uh, the Royals just signed Greg Holland, who has stumbled for four years to a, $2.3 million contract, which ain't shabby for, for a guy like that. And it's pretty good for the Royals. And then Adam Eaton goes back to the White Sox for eight or nine million bucks. A guy that, you know, during a, during a lunch. So Reinsdorf's going, remind me to never, ever sign anybody else again named Adam. Because he had Adam Dunn and, and that cost him. Oh, yes. Reinsdorf. Then he signs Adam Eaton and he goes into the tank. And so on a lunch for, with Jerry, he goes, I'm never signing any. And what's he do? He goes out and signs, signs the guy again. So you can tell how much impact I have on lunch with Jerry. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but did you, know, you buy? 
You know, I do buy occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. I don't know why. Guys got a few more bucks in the bank than yours truly. But, you know, there's hope for Ryan Braun coming back to uh, Milwaukee in four or five years. Well, no, I don't think so. Did the, the, the non-tender go just like with a, you with know, a thud? It, yeah, I mean, all of them. I mean, we, I don't know how many non-tender uh, Brewer players there were, but there were a lot. Uh, I mean, like, I, I was surprised that Jed Jerko didn't, didn't get offered uh, his tender. It was, I think it was $5 million or less. And he was the only impactful offensive player on the team, and he's versatile. So that that one did surprise me, and it surprised a lot of people around here that that they uh, decided to part ways with him. Um, but there, I think right now, you know, this particular team is is back to kind of where they were a year ago with that philosophy of uh, potentially signing a bunch of guys. Uh, for nothing that, you know, potentially could turn their careers around or, you know, uh, keeping guys that are affordable, keeping guys that have um, options left. Um, that's that's part of the versatility of, of teams right now. It's not so much where you're playing. It's how you fit into the franchise over the course of a few years with your option availability and stuff. So, Well, I was looking over the uh, <clears throat> Brewers projected lineup by that great publication baseball america and they have somebody named jacob nottingham catching uh well that's not gonna happen keston yura at at first base however you pronounce his name hira keston hira i would i would appreciate that some guy named terang at second base i mean this is insane rc at short and in center field i had to look to see if they non-tendered locane because they've got Garrett Mitchell, the rookie, starting in center field. Wow, that's that's quite a Baseball America uh, publication right there. Apparently, apparently, they weren't sure where the AAA team was going to be at that time. Well, they probably there won't be a ba- minor league baseball. The mighty Manfred doesn't want that. We're just gonna so what? What did, speaking of that, what did you think of the uh, 120 team minor league? Uh, I don't know, blueprint that they, they announced within the last week or so for everybody. Greed, blasphemy. You know Why? Cuts out a lot of teams that had franchises. So they cut out 40 teams, yeah. 40 cities. Yeah, so, uh, so you just went and spent $3 million on a piece of paper that no longer is worth a nickel. And I'm sure that they're going to pay off the territories with the dime on the dollar, maybe. I don't know. I yeah. would be, you know, that, that was always my concern with um, A-ball. If you went and bought an A-ball team, the teams weren't limited to the number of A-ball teams. So back in the day that we bought the Omaha Royals, they had <clears throat> profitability for every level. It was growing with, you know, like I said, Bull Durham sent the minor leagues into prosperity. And the nice thing that I told my uncle about the Omar Royals is their Major League Baseball limits every team to one AAA team by, by rule. And so even if the Kansas City Royals decide to leave Omaha and go to Louisville, you're gonna, they're going to reshuffle the deck and somebody's got to come here, even if they don't want to. 
So, you know, I just, I'm just glad when I looked at buying the, uh, and I haven't looked at who the 120 or the 40 teams that got thrown out, but when we looked at buying the um, team in Montana, the, um, the named after some big bird, the a Asp Ace Asprey, Avery, Asprey, uh, we would have changed that name. I think it was Missoula. <laughs> Missoula, whatever they are. <laughs> Thank God we didn't buy them. They probably, got, you know, the short A league's ridiculous anyway. I don't know. I just think that it's ironic. Major League Baseball could not get rid of their minor leagues fast enough in the 80s. And now all of a sudden they're making money and they go, well, you know, let's get a little more control and a little more money. So, uh, number one, if I get over my, they're all greedy, uh, then I think hopefully it works out. Hopefully they have minor league baseball this year. Well, I mean, they, I, I don't know how they couldn't. Um, I, I don't know what the reduction did necessarily, but I, I think, you know, you hit a good point. It gives, it is now giving teams better control of um, how they're, system is being operated, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I can only look at this. A few years ago, the Brewers purchased a franchise and, and built a stadium for, uh, at that time, was a high A team in South Carolina. And now that they no longer have uh, the short uh, rookie season or rookie ball, um, that facility, because they own the team now and the facility will be the low A and that's where your rookies will go. That's where you have better control. That's where you're putting a lot of your money into that facility. And then their, their high A team is right up the street in Appleton. So they made that low A now a tie A. They've got their double A team uh, in Mississippi directly south in Biloxi and their triple A team is now no longer in California, it's going to be in Nashville. So that's, that's right down the pipe as well. Now that's the Brewer side. The, I, I also saw that the Minnesota Twins uh, are moving their AAA team to St. Paul, believe it or not. And the St. Paul Saints, the famous independent league team, is now going to be the Twins AAA team. That's 11 miles from Target Field. So their AAA team is going to be right down the street, literally. And I think their double-A team is in um, – I think they're in Wichita. So, I mean, think of the proximity. Now, I think this is where, you know, you're starting to see better proximity and, and you know, who owns which minor league franchises on the, on the major league side, too. And then so. you, you take it another step, too, and, and how many – the whole physical eyesight of scouting is, is gone away. Well, you've uh, you've jumped into a subject that I that's near and dear to my heart, but totally unprepared for. So let me we're we're going to come back to that in a week. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, get rid of your it's just all, this is a huge, huge wave of change, and I don't I certainly don't have the answers to any of it. To be honest with you, I mean, it's just it's just something that is um, it's something that's been happening here. Uh, in a relatively short window of time. And I don't know if the pan this pandemic uh, 
uh, scooted that along and sped it up. Um, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, what we know of minor league baseball and how prospects are discovered um, is definitely all changing, that's for sure. Well, and if anybody wants an insight to minor league baseball and the thrill of it all, let me plug, for those of you who have uh, Prime TV, Amazon Prime TV, if you hit the little search mechanism and go to 50, that's like the number, but spell it out, summers, 50 summers, there is a great video that I would say stars yours truly. Now, a lot of what I had to say, and I looked 10 years older, my God, um, you know, this is a... Uh, How come I didn't know about this until this, now? This is a documentary. And I don't know. That's an interesting question. My, I'm going to have to get on my agent and my publicity people. Bad self-promoter. So what they, what they did was this features the 50 summers of baseball in Omaha, Nebraska, that enjoyed not only a Dodgers franchise, but some other franchises leading to the history of the Kansas City. And they took somebody from the ownership group out of each ownership and uh, featured them on this 50 summers and of course I excelled far above and it'll be obvious to you when you view it <laughs> the bags under my eyes and I look like I weighed 400 pounds and god I'm sorry you know you look great on tv so you know, right you are, you are great I'm but checking this out I'm checking this out before NBA starts Warren Buffett was just a little not as prepared as I was. To give a little historical flavor to why Gus Cherry kept the Omaha Royals in Omaha and why that led to the uh, College World Series staying in Omaha. For if my uncle had played Charlie Finley and moved the team, so too would the College World Series have moved to Los Angeles. So there you go, 50 summers. So when when was this uh, when was this put together? About twenty pounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so was... for me, that would be the last holiday season, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Kay just made some great cookies. Uh, so much for my diet. The uh, movie, the documentary, was put together at right around two years ago, and it aired in. <laughs> I don't know if it made it to the Cannes Film Festival, but it. It made it to the Kansas City Film Festival and some others. So lo and behold, uh, somebody told me, hey, you know, I was work looking around Amazon Prime TV and I came upon 50 Summers and there there you were. There that's was. cool. It was that's fun. cool. It was that's fun. very cool. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Uh, I think we should uh, we should plug that <laughs> a couple of times a show from this point forward until baseball at least starts in April. Well, and one thing I learned from watching myself be interviewed was that luckily I got into law school, passed the bar exam, and was a lawyer and not a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, come on, son, be a little more succinct. Let's get this moving. Hey, you've, uh, you've been interviewed by me uh, at least a couple of times on okay. live television and also uh, – a nice sit-down interview we did uh, reminiscing about our good buddy Dave Nelson. So I, I can vouch for your uh, on-camera presence, uh, your knowledge, your storytelling. <laughs> well, speaking of that, since you bring it up, on uh, 
Nellie's birthday, I think we ought to, uh, you know, we try on lighter side of baseball a couple times a year to relive uh, with, with some of Dave's friends uh, some great memories of Dave. So, I mean, I, I think in June I'm available when uh, fans can return to AmFam Field. I'll be ready. Just give me a nod and I'll, we'll be there together anyway, whether, you know, you want to put me on TV, boost the ratings. It's all up to you, buddy, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still buying dinner for you at, at Ward's house of prime this year. We're going to be, I'll be, my people will call you in the next day or two to set that up. What, um, what bet did I win again? I, I forgot what that was. was I can't postseason. Yeah. Okay. You won the postseason. Well, just, I'm I'm just I'm just waiting for payback. Just by a just by a, a little bit, a sliver. <laughs> okay. Before you have to go, and I know you're employed. Um couple things I want to talk about. One, with the benefit of living in Kansas City and having gone to the uh Bears Chiefs game last year and then the Super Bowl and having the benefit of watching Patrick Mahomes every every week, I was thinking to myself what other players have I seen or witnessed or would I go to a game? Who would you pay to go see specifically play a sport? Well, not Mickey Mantle. A current player. Yeah. Um, Well, I, you know, right now it'd be, I'd be a fool not to say Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yanni. Yanni. Um, but, I, but I mean, I see him, I see him obviously a lot because of the benefit of my job. Right. Um, well, I'm, I'm excluding the fact that a, you've never bought a sports ticket in your life. And I understand that. <laughs> and B, it's your, but forgetting that. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. So I, I have actually, uh, I have actually paid several times to go to Packer <laughs> games, just so you know, and, no and yes, to see Aaron Rodgers. And the last time that I paid big money to go to a Packer game, I, feel I took coming. my boys, I took my boys, it was, I think, three years ago, two or three years ago, and we had tickets on the 50-yard line. And he could not have performed at a lower level. It might be his, it might have been his worst game he ever, he probably had four interceptions. The team got throttled by the Cowboys. Um, I was going to say, Bears didn't play. Yeah, no, that, that's a good question though. I mean, we've got, we've got three MVPs in, in our town. Um, And I, I would say, I would say that I, if I were to pay money, it would have to be somebody that um, had the ball in their hands a lot. Right. Um, and and something like, I don't know if I would go to a baseball game as much as we talk about baseball and love baseball, specifically to see a guy because, I, you know, he could go over four and still be the greatest, greatest thing on earth. But, right. you know, a football game, uh, something like that. I, I've never seen Mahomes in person, and I've told you this before, and I know he's been referenced, but I, I saw a lot of Brett Favre, and those are exciting guys to watch play. And, and I, would love, I would love to see him in person for sure. I think their, ment- <clears throat> their mentality, Favre and Mahomes, have you know that, that cowboy mentality. Yeah, gunslinger gunslinger throwing a quadruple coverage i don't care 
Mahomes, I think, has a better arm. If that's, I mean, I know Favre had a great, great arm, but man, uh, Mahomes can just go both. Uh, he's just he's fun to watch. So that's one yeah. guy I would. I was trying to. He, think. He's he's a dy- he's that dynamic um, runner compared to Favre. You know, Favre's, Favre honestly may have a better arm because he couldn't. He had to throw the ball sometimes 70 yards because he was about to get tackled in the backfield or, yeah. or running out of the pocket where Mahomes would at that point run for a first down or run for 30 yards. But, um, yeah, he, he is for sure dynamic. That's an interesting question because I think the next sport I would go um, – who's that? I think his name is, is it Thomas Henry, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. I don't know yeah. how much you watch – that uh-huh. dude to me is um, an absolute beast. I mean, the the way the way he runs for a guy that size, uh, and nobody can catch him. And if they do, he annihilates them with a stiff arm, breaks necks with a stiff arm, and and just goes. And, and the guy can't be brought down. He's he's a definitely somebody that I would pay to see in the NFL. You know, basketball wise. You know, I've I've seen LeBron James enough, but I, I would pay a ticket to see him play at a high level game if if I wasn't working it for sure. I mean, he he is he's right up. He's obviously in the top three, top five of the greatest players ever. I don't know if he's the greatest. I don't know if Jordan's the greatest. I don't know if Kareem's the greatest. But um, they're dynamic because they have the ball in their hand the, the whole time. So. That, that, to me, a short answer for all of whoever th- that person would be, you have to have the ball in your hands all the time, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't – I think in uh, modern-day current baseball, you know, I'm sure that it would be fun to go see Mike Trout. It would be fun to go see Lorenzo Cain. It would be fun to go see um, Ballinger. There's some guys that I think are okay. Is there – is there a pitcher that I'd want to pay to go see him throw six innings and 98 pitches? I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen, especially me, I'm older. You know, I, when I started thinking about this question, it was because I can remember going to Chicago stadium with my dad and watching the Blackhawks come out onto the ice before the game led by Bobby Hull or by Stan Makita. And they take that first step with a bounce in their step and they look so happy to be on the ice and they were so gifted at their skill they weren't thugs they weren't enforcers they were skaters in a league that had six teams and the same goes for my memories of baseball when there are eight teams you knew everybody you and i had a chance to see ted williams i had a chance to go see mickey mantle i um you know early win all these guys and now i'm going yeah i got season tickets and blah 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 who on the Cubs? Baez, maybe? Not really. Like you said, they'd only make two plays and bat four times. It's weird. That was a good yeah, question. It, 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 it is interesting. It is interesting. And, and I um, I would say if I if I did baseball, it would have to be a pitcher. And, and I'll, I'll throw this name out. I'd, I'd double check on it because uh, I actually called a game uh, this year. Uh, the Brewers played Cleveland and, and Shane Bieber – yeah, who, who won the who, who won the short version of the of the uh, Cy Young Award on the American League side? 
he was he was a lot of fun to watch. He lived up to the to the billing. I, I hadn't seen him in, in person before, and he hasn't been around all that long either. And and this guy's turned into a pretty dominant pitcher. And and those are the guys that you're not only, you're not going to get six innings out of. You got a great potential for this guy to go a complete game, make it nice and tidy, make it enjoyable to watch, uh, make it efficient on the mound. Um, and ball is in his hands the whole time too. So, I mean, that's, you know, it would definitely have to be a pitcher like that in baseball. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think of Garrett Cole, Verlander would be fun to watch. Uh, just well, I, I, I uh, uh, worked his first no hitter when he was pitching for the Tigers. It was against Milwaukee. And that was like watching a world series game. Um, I, have you, have you been to a no hitter before? One, one time. I mean, do, is, do you remember it? Like it was certainly not a normal game. Well, it was 63 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, no, I, I, I don't remember much about it, but I do remember it was Bob Keegan for the Chicago White Sox in 1957 through a no-hitter in what they used to play occasionally were these twi-night double-headers. And I think Keegan pitched the, uh, the opener. And um, all I remember is I was there. So, you know. Yeah. I haven't even seen too many, if any, on TV. Do you keep your tapes of these, uh, you know, of all your games that you've either done play-by-play -play or – no. no, I mean they're they're available, but um, no. I mean in the in the technology world of of going from uh, VCRs to you know um, CDs to you know I mean now now everything is is recorded in the cloud and and stuff. So it's I'm looking at a box of cassette tapes of the legendary Dave Nelson, and I think it was games that, that from Cleveland or from the Cubs that I haven't uh, put batteries in my cassette recorder to, you know, it was weird enough here in Nelly when I told you I heard him on Nelly Remembers or whatever those shows were yeah, in Wisconsin. Yeah. But, um, and again, I need to call and get some of my Nelly memorabilia. It's like it's getting a little morbid, but at any rate, you know, they had the, uh, the, uh, auction it was the only fundraiser for uh open arms this year and bob Solis, who also starred with me and you on that night in in milwaukee on the pregame show he goes do you have some stuff of dave's we could auction off and i go yeah and i can send you some and and i said here's dave with a picture of uh larry doby and bob gets it and he goes that's hank aaron i go it's not frigging hank aaron it's larry doby no, I'm billing that as Nelly and Hank. And so uh, I said, look, um, Jeff Newman, who used to coach with Nelly in Cleveland, he knows who Larry Doby, the, you know, he first African-American after Jackie Robinson in the professional major league baseball. And I said, go ask Nudu. So the next 10 minutes later, I got a text. You guys don't know what you're talking about. So he sold it for three or $400 charity. Of Dave Nelson and quote Hank Aaron, which was like, it ain't but Hank it's Larry Doby. It's Larry Doby.
So now Cleveland, Cleveland's going to change their name and in, in what is it? The Dobies, I think I've seen on the list or Doby. Have you seen, have you seen no, the list of names? I have not. Potential names. Of course, the Spiders is uh, topping everybody's list. Cause why? Well, I think they had, I think they, I think the Spiders, uh, gosh, I, I should know this, but um, I think they were the Negro League team there, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Um, so they were a team there. Um, but they've come up with names like, you know, the Rocks or the Rockers because the, you know, Music Hall of Fame there the, or the Rock Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know if I like all that, but uh, I'm not opposed to, uh, and we're going off on a different subject here at, towards the end of our show, but I, I'm not opposed to going just with the Cleveland baseball team. I think Washington, the former Redskins team, should do the same. I don't think they should pick a new nickname. I'm trying to find the spiders in my uh, Negro League file. Um, I... I mean, I don't think they. Sh I don't think the Indians is offensive to me any more than the Blackhawks or the Seminoles. Um, so I, but I, I, I like the Cleveland Baseball Club. Okay, so they were, were not. Uh, they were not a Negro League team. Eighteen ninety nine, the Cleveland Spiders. They were National League team. That's I don't know where they went. Isn't it nice for us to be looking up stuff? Yeah, well, everybody's excited. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Nobody's listening by now. You're getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to go for a six-mile walk or something. But the spy, I like the uh, yeah, I like the Cleveland. In fact, why don't you just why don't we change the names to uh, you know the North Siders, the South Siders, the Cincinnatis? I think that's good. Well, they Mark they also have. Uh, the, the nickname of citizens, the Cleveland citizens on that list. So there you go. That would, that would be somehow equivalent to your North siders and South siders. They're the citizens. Isn't there a ballpark named citizens park? Uh, is it Phillies? Is that their park? I think that's so. a bank. It, what is that? A bank or an insurance? What's what's citizen. Yeah, well, Why don't I you don't look know, that up while you're looking it, everything it, else up? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> It's better than guaranteed rate field. You go to what I call Comiskey Park, which then became the cell. You know, the guaranteed rate mortgage company, they're low rates. So there's this gigantic arrow pointing down, which to me, I told Jerry, that doesn't seem to be a good thing, which uh, he really didn't give a crap what I thought. But anyway, that's, uh, that's it. Um, Euchre coming back, that's the only other thing we can talk about. Yes. Oh, great. Absolutely. Craig's a man of few words. He answered that question. <laughs> I did. I got a, I've got our script. You missed you know, the, um, the production it, meeting went without the, you. The next time we have this, we need to have a production meeting ahead of time. I need to have your notes. I'll make my notes, and then we'll do our research, and then we'll go on the air. We could. We could. I'm going to be up uh, in the Witty City for three weeks, so maybe uh, – we could get a nice outdoor table at Wards and stay safe in the. No, <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, buddy. That's it. I will let you go, and uh, you're nice while you're trying to get your holiday plans in order. But uh, we'll do this again whenever you can do it. My uh, my idea is to uh, 
bend around your schedule because like I said, the thousands of listeners, they squawk for Craig. They do. <laughs> I like a good squawker. There you go. <laughs> and with that, we're going to sign off.